Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where we aim to give you critical and easily applicable leadership concepts to help you along your journey. I'm your co-host, Scott, and I have the privilege of talking about life and leadership with the owner and founder of Rising Tide Leadership, Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. What's up, Scotty? It's uh, good to be here as always. Let's talk leadership. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to delve into the topic of remote leadership today, uh, just because it's becoming so increasingly crucial in today's world. And so I know I've talked about it before on the show, but one of the first jobs that I held was being a beach lifeguard. And now when I went through training for this position, there were a lot of other people in the same training group as me. And most of us knew uh, full well that going into that training that we were guaranteed a position coming out of it. Uh, But what we didn't realize at that time was that not everybody would obtain the same position. So everybody just assumed right away, okay, I'm going to be a lifeguard. I'm going to be in a tower. Here we go. Uh, But that just wasn't the case. And some of the rookies joked around and slacked off during training because they kind of knew that, hey, I'm going to get a position regardless of how I do, regardless of how I act. So I'm going to do whatever. While still others, like myself, uh, really, really kind of buckled down and actually worked hard during that training week. And so at the end of the day, those who joked around were actually surprised when they were not allowed to work in an actual tower. You see, there wasn't really adequate clarity that was provided to us regarding expectations throughout the training. Every single thing that we did during training was actually being evaluated and watched. Every rescue, every run, our interactions at lunch break, our timeliness, which was a big deal for certain people. Um, (laughs) And then even things like just our casual conversations next to the tower. Uh, The clarity surrounding job expectations or job descriptions was needed, but it really wasn't given. And that, that was kind of the big issue. And I know in this age of remote work that clarity can be so important, and it's something that we're going to eventually end up talking about today. But Mo, let's go ahead and jump straight in. Uh, when we talk about remote teams, one of the first things that comes to mind is culture. So how can leaders maintain or build a strong culture with a remote team? Yeah, great lead. And I always love when you talk about uh, lifeguarding because it makes me think about uh, California. You know me, I'm a Cali boy at heart. And so... Uh, I really love this topic, uh, leadership <laughs> in the remote <laughs> or remote leadership. And just as you said, our first point today is culture is amplified. So culture is the heartbeat of any organization. And transitioning to remote work, as so many have done, at least in part over the last couple of years, doesn't mean sacrificing the heartbeat. Rather, it's really an opportunity to amplify it. So the key lies in intentional cultivation. Leaders have to define their culture clearly and consistently communicate it across all channels. And moreover, they have to align hiring practice with cultural values to ensure a cohesive team, regardless of geographical location. Yeah, well, so I feel like there are still those today that think that culture can't be built remotely. And I, and I hear it and I feel like I, I read articles all the time that we must have person-to-person interaction. And I know that every single workplace is different, but what would your thoughts be on a mindset like that? Yeah, I'm all about face to face. You know me. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a personable guy. I love people, and so there are a couple of times that you want face to face that I've that I've uh, learned over the years, if at all possible, of course, right? So the main thing is this: bad news. Bad <laughs> news needs to be delivered in person. Everything else can be fudged a little bit uh, here and there, and so it's it, it is though, Scott, tough in this remote world. To sometimes there's people that 
are on the same team, but they're in different states. They're in different countries. And so you have to adapt to that. And as a leader, you have to be able to keep it uh, personal and personable. So that means, you know, um, we all have, we all have to face it. It is a remote world now, at least in part. Everybody is remote in some capacity or another. So nobody is completely face to face. And so think about this, Scott. When, when, uh, when the world shut down a, a couple of years ago, right before that, right? If I would have said, hey, Scott, let's have a meeting. Uh, do you want to meet in person or do you want to meet uh, via video call? And you would have looked at me crazy and been like, well, am I not worth seeing face to face? Right? <laughs> and to be like, no, no, I just want to give you the option. Mm-hmm. But now that's normal. If I were to say, hey, Scott, let's have a conversation. Do you want to meet face to face or video call? Well, you and I live in the same city, but that that's a normal question now because we are now in at least a remote or semi remote world. So if you think about it, it's kind of been like that for, for a little while. We just didn't know it. Right. So in fact, Scott, even before we dealt with this past few years where we have started making video calls, the norm, people were always wondering about new technology. So let me tell you a great story. Um, and, and, uh, you're, you're the story guy, but I'm going to tell a story today. And so there's an author, uh, and, and this is what she wrote. And, and, and in this, this, and we'll put this in the show notes. The name of the article is called, it's actually called this, the telephone is the instrument of the devil. Okay. And this is what, uh, and this is what the, the <laughs> author writes. She said, not everyone was thrilled by these developments, meaning the telephone. The telephone was often viewed with skepticism, um, and not with even a little fear. There was something magical about sounds coming from a thin wire. And many people were afraid that the contents of those lines would spill out some way and they would break. Many elderly persons refused to touch a telephone for fear of electrical shock. <laughs> Others tried to take advantage of the telephone, <laughs> relates Peter Anderson in his book. And his book's called Telecommunications Yesterday and Today. She goes on to say, the author does, in some towns, persons suffered from rheumatism, went, went to the telephones and telephone stations in the hope that the electrical impulses received by their bodies would cure them. So, I mean, Scotty, there's crazy stuff (laughs) on that to say about every time there's something new that comes out in the world. And so it reminds me of uh, my mentor, Kevin, uh, back in the day when cell phones first came out. And for those of you that are listening and you remember when cell phones came out, um, and those were the days of pagers, if you had a pager, um, but then the cell phone came out and you were carrying a phone on your person. And I'm talking about when they first came out, Scotty. And we all had cell phones and it was kind of the thing to do. <laughs> but Kevin refused to get one. He figured that he's going to buck the trend. He's not going to give in. He doesn't need one. Well, here's the problem. Out of everybody I knew in my life, he was the one person that actually needed the phone. And he didn't want to get it. So what I'm saying, mm. like that's my long way of saying, you know, we all need to embrace it, right? Now, if you were to talk to anybody today and, and they were to tell you that they don't have a cell phone, it's almost kind of crazy. There's only one person that I've ever read that doesn't have a cell phone and that's Warren Buffett, but that's because he's so important. He probably has 10 or 20 people that follow him every day and they all have cell phones. So if you want to get a hold of Warren Buffett, I'm sure you can, but for the rest of us, we've all got a cell phone, right? So Scott, you and I, we need to embrace new communication, no matter what it is. And that's why this culture of remote work is now being amplified. So think about this before COVID, um, you know, these things were not normal. Now they are normal. So Scott, what I want our, our listeners to, to ask themselves today is, am I embracing the changes in culture and am I using that to shape the culture of my own team? 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I might be one of the last few people who, uh, for my generation, remembers a time without cell phones. So uh, I think that <laughs> yeah, time is right. quickly coming to an end. Uh, yes, so to is. kind of sum up that first point, it's all about ensuring that everybody's on the same page, regardless of location. And right. so that kind of brings us to kind of our next point. So what about what about communication? So how can leaders ensure effective communication within those remote teams? Yeah, so when we're talking about leadership in the remote, the second point today is this. Communication is appreciated. Man, Scotty, communication is the lifeblood of remote teams. Without the luxury of face-to-face interaction on a daily basis, leaders, you have to leverage technology and bridge the gap. It's your job. Regular video conferences, instant messaging platforms, project management tools. These are essential for keeping everybody connected and informed. But beyond these tools, it's about fostering an environment where open dialogue is encouraged, where every team member feels heard and valued. So Mo, I know know a few people who actually work remotely or in a kind of hybrid type job situation and I know one of their biggest issues in communications is just expectations. So the companies are using communication effectively, but instead of it being appreciated, it just kind of morphed into this standard of now you're available 24-7 because of the great communication that you have. So what advice do you have for our leaders then that uh, just to, uh, to, to really help them keep that communication as more being appreciated? When we're talking about leaders and supervision and and in the remote, Scott, what you said is exactly what leaders need to hear, which is this. Do not blur the boundaries of the people that you supervise. So every leader now is thinking, Mm. all of my people have cell phones on their hips. They've got email. They've got computers. They've got all this stuff. And so they are always available to me. And leaders, here's the free chicken. Stop. Do not do that. You need to respect the boundaries of the people that you are uh, that you are leading. And in fact, there's a great book called Boundaries. And if you have never read this book, you need to pick it up um, and just think, man, what do I need to do in my own life to change boundaries and set boundaries? And how do I how do I do that to help the people that I lead? And so we'll put the the book in the show notes. It's by a guy named Henry Cloud. And I've read this book and he's read several books. But if you read the first one that he he made called Boundaries, it's really going to help you, Scott, set your own boundaries and help you to to help your people set boundaries. Mm. So, so, So the easy way to say, Scott, is this. If your people are nine to five or eight to four or seven to seven or eight to nine, whatever it is, when that is over, when your people go home, Let them go home. Let them be home. Do not send them emails after hours because they're going to see it. And when the boss sends an email, they're going to see it and they're going to open it because they're going to think, well, the boss sent it out. Maybe he or she needs something now. Don't do that. And if you are the kind of boss, well, Scott, right? Because the next question would be like, well, what if, what if, Mo, you're the guy who sends stuff out at two in the morning, (laughs) right? So, and I do do that. But you know what? The people that I, (laughs) What I tell them is I say, look, I know what your hours are. And so when I send something, and if it's outside of your hours, do not feel like you need to respond. And I'm serious about that. In fact, I got that from one of my buddies who owns a company and he has several people working for him. 
And every time he would send something after hours, his staff would get back to him and he said, look, stop, stop. I'm not doing that so that you have to get back to me right away. I'm doing that because I'll forget. But he set the boundaries. He set the expectation Mm -hmm. and he made a culture, Scott, of letting them know when they go home, they go home. He's told me, so look, I've got your phones. If I need something, I will call you. And he's had to do that before. So he's, Scott, he's, he's respecting boundaries. He's making his boundaries and he is helping his people set boundaries because let's face it, Scott, if you and I want uh, people on our team, who do we want? We want go-getters. We want people that are always wanting to work and do the best. I want those kind of people. So if I have those kind of people, Scott, I need to tell them how to set those boundaries. It is my job as a leader. Leaders out there, it is your job to set boundaries in your own life and help the people that you supervise do the same. Yeah, and just just for the record, for our, our listeners and leaders, you definitely sent me these show notes at some ungodly hour, but I did not look <laughs> at them until I actually woke up the next morning. So that's right, that's right. I love well, it. Mo, I, I I know that with with everything we've talked about, one of the kind of big challenges with remote remote work is really the potential for miscommunication or even what has kind of been coined as virtual microaggressions, a term that we hear a lot now. So how can leaders mitigate these risks and then foster a a positive work environment? You know, I I think this kind of leads into, of course, our, our, our our next point, right, which is all about clarity, Scott. And we're talking about leadership in the remote. Hmm. Our leaders out there need to remember this. Our third and final point is clarity is achieved. When you are doing, if, if you're building the culture and you're working on communication, you're not going to have the miscommunication. You're not going to have those, those virtual mishaps, right? You are going to be a person who gets ahead of the risks that are associated with being in a remote world. So Leaders, when we're talking about um, uh, achieving clarity, remember this. You as a leader need to be proactive in addressing issues. And you have to provide clear guidelines, like I said above. And, you know, it's all about acceptable behavior, right? There, there's this behavior when we're talking um, in, in person, this behavior when we're talking online. And Scott, we need to create channels for reporting misconduct. You know, HR has got uh, has got a big task because uh, imagine them having to deal with people not just in one office but all over the place. And so, if you're too small to have an HR department <laughs> leaders, it, it's really on you, and you need to to set set that up and help your people understand that you're there for them. Um, and additionally, Scott, promoting empathy and understanding uh, among the team members can really prevent misunderstandings, and it's going to end up cultivating a culture of respect and inclusivity, even online. So ultimately, it's about creating a virtual workspace where everyone, Scott, feels safe, supported, and empowered to do their best work. So so naturally, you know, thinking about our our listeners and our our wide uh, array of individuals who who download this podcast, but uh, some of them, like myself, they they might be extroverted. We know uh, from this podcast, I'm a woo, so I'm about <laughs> as extroverted as you can get. Um, right. and, but others are the opposite. Others are introverted, and then some are, are somewhere kind of in between. So as right. leaders, then, how do we ensure all individuals feel supported and empowered? Yeah, that, Scott, is where clarity comes in, right? Clarity is the cornerstone of good communication. So leaders, it's up to you to be communicative. And here's what I mean by that. 
um, clarity begins with you. I mean, full, full stop leaders. If, if, you know, if you have the right attitude, meaning the buck stops here, you're going to already be putting yourself ahead of the game. And so leaders, you hear me say this all the time, but no matter what happens, it's always your fault because you are the, you're the leader. There's nobody else. If, if somebody starts complaining and says, well, it's not my fault. It was, you know, the clarity, somebody didn't hear me. Well, then you're telling me you're not the leader because Scott, um, as, uh, as we talk about all the time, uh, Jocko Willing says, there are no bad teams. There are only bad leaders. And so leaders, it, you always have to be over communicative. I am telling you, you think a lot of times that you're being communicative. You think you're being clear, but it's not. And so um, I, I've, I've preached a lot of years now, and, and I've been in ministry and a pastor. That's kind of been one of the things that I do. And, and this is what I was told by, uh, by one of my mentors, uh, who was actually my uh, professor for communication when I was uh, going through school. And he said this, if it is a mist in the pulpit, it is a fog in the pew. Meaning, if it's not absolutely clear to you what you are saying, you better believe somebody is getting it wrong in the audience. And Scott, when people get it wrong, it's not their fault, it's your fault. Also, you need to, to lead and clarify um, to the strengths of your team. Scott, every person on your team is unique. So the bigger your team, the more muddy it's going to get. We've talked about it in several podcasts before, and I will say it again. You need to get some kind of personality assessment. You need to know the strengths of your team. And that's why, Scott, we always talk about the DISC assessment to learn the person, your personality and to learn the personalities of the people on your team. And then also Strengths Finder by Gallup, because if you know your strengths, Scott, I always tell you specifically and other people that, that I coach and mentor, I say, look, as soon as you know your strengths, you lead from your strengths, but you lead to the strengths of your people. So leaders, do you know your strengths? Do you know what you're good at? Do you know your personality? Do you know who's extroverted and introverted? Because I'll bet you, you don't have it all right if you haven't actually had assessments. And how do I know that? Because everybody in my life who doesn't know me thinks that I am an extrovert. Scott, you know, because we've had this conversation, I am not an extrovert. I am an yep. introvert. I am just a high-functioning yeah, <laughs> introvert, right? And so, Scott, we need to yep. remember as leaders, good clarity breeds a great team. And leaders, I want you out there to have clarity and to bring clarity to your teams. Once you start focusing on this and knowing that you are the person to bring clarity, it's going to help you understand that your team is looking for clarity. And Scott, when we when we embrace that as leaders and say, you know, the buck stops with me. Everything is either, you know, my fault or I'm giving my team enough to actually do their jobs. I hope it's the latter. I hope leaders are out there giving your people, you're being clear enough to give your people enough to do their jobs. Yeah, wise words, Mo. And I, I again, I can't stress enough to our listeners the, just the importance of taking any sort of assessment that you can. I mean, it's it's so incredibly helpful. And I will say, if you choose Strengths Finder, spend the extra money, do Strengths Thirty Four. Just yes. open. It's just completely different than just your f top five, and it is so much more helpful. So absolutely. Um, but Mo, thanks so much for sharing your insights on those things with us today. So. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Yeah, just real quick, I would say this. Uh, remember, leaders out there, 
Leadership is not about commanding from the top, but it's about empowering from within, right? So if you want to empower your people in the remote world, you can do so. And stop complaining that, well, my people aren't here. They're somewhere else. I can't corral them because they're just not you know, responding to me. Then somebody else should be in, in, in your spot. Leaders need to learn how to lead in the remote. Leaders, the culture is up to you. The communication is up to you. The clarity is up to you. And when you take full responsibility for those, you are going to start building an incredible team and people are going to want to be on your team. Great, great final thoughts today, Mo. And uh, with that, guys, we are at the end of this episode. If you guys enjoyed listening today, we encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share. Thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next time as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next time.